0: Good morning, everybody, and good morning to those watching online. If you came in person today, you get a bonus because you came on a holiday football weekend. So pat yourself on the back for being awesome. That's right. That's right. So there's some exciting news going on in the church. Uh, Wednesday nights are back in full swing. Catherine Barnes is the best children's director in all of the world, right? Yes? So you want to go to kids' activities on Wednesday night. Pastor Sam has a class, and... Back by popular demand. Harriet Murray's class on forgiveness is back on Wednesday nights. It's amazing. Come for dinner at 5.15, then pick a class, or come to dinner, leave your kids here, and go clean your house and come back if you need to. So, or go to Harriet's class. There's a lot of options. Um, Men at the Well is a really awesome group. They meet at Thursday morning at 7 a.m. at The Choice. So if you um, wake up that early, you should check that out. Um, The youth are going to Camp Lee, uh, September 17th through the 18th, so you want to send your kids to that. Um, The website on the church, on our Pathways 2020, they've updated some of the material on there, so if you're a church member, log into that, check out some of the articles and things they've put on there. And this is my favorite announcement that I get to make every year, October the 9th. Blessing of the Animals is back. So uh, between service on October the 9th, you can bring your animals out to the green space. It's going to be awesome. Jay, you going to bring some animals for us?
1: As long as they're still with us, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Reverend Ken Casey is going to be here in case anybody brings snakes or animals we're scared of. uh, He'll help bless those. (laughs) Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and worship with us this morning? may be seated. Our praise band's awesome, aren't they? They're amazing. They're amazing. So this is the time in the service where we prepare our hearts for a time of tithe and offering. Um, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful um, for the great ministries that are happening in this church uh, and throughout the world uh, through the tithes and offerings given to this church. And we thank you for that, uh, God. And we also lift up all those in the church who um, who may be sick or um, homebound, God, we pray that you will bless them. We pray that they will know they are loved and cared for by you, and that we love them as well, that they will know that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give you a quick instruction about the offering, too. The offering plates are in the uh, back and in the front, and you can also, if you're watching online, maybe you went to a football game and you're still there, you can give online, and uh, our tech team can let you know how to do that online as well.
1: I'll be crucified with you cause death is just a doorway to resurrecting life if i join you in your sufferings now.
0: Blessed to have such an awesome uh, praise band, aren't we? They're amazing. So let's pray. Love God, I pray that you will speak to us through this scripture. I pray that you will help us draw closer to you and closer to each other. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So I have a question for you. Have you ever asked yourself, What have I gotten myself into? Have you ever asked yourself that? So Jay Dials back there, I didn't know he was going to be here, but when I saw him, I just felt like I had to call him out. He was a youth intern here his senior year of high school, and uh, I am sure that every day you came here, you asked yourself, what did I get myself into? And then he did college ministry and probably asked the same, the same question. Um, but maybe you asked the question, what have I gotten myself into after you purchased your first home, right? Maybe you were like me and thought, I got, this is what my mortgage costs, right? But once you start living in the home for a couple of weeks, you realize everything's broken, and you ask yourself, what did I get myself into, right? Or maybe you started a new job. Have you ever started a new job and said, what did I get myself into? I see we have some teachers here, uh, some people like that, and I'm sure they ask themselves sometimes, what have I done? Maybe volunteering for charity, Uh, You thought it was going to be a different experience, and once you start volunteering, you ask yourself, what have I gotten myself into? Now, if I had some of you come and speak to our youth group, uh, I could have you talk about dating relationships when you were maybe in high school or college age, and maybe you started dating someone, someone, and you asked yourself, what did I get myself into? And you could teach our young people so many learning experiences from that. One more, one more, because I see one of my running friends is here. Um, Because I have, at times, signed up for a a big race, and then you say, what did I get myself into? Because you didn't realize it was going to involve training every day for long amounts of time. So we ask ourselves these questions all the time. See, some of us may have grown up uh, going to youth events or some church events when we were younger. I heard this message a lot when I was a kid of, Jesus died for your sins, say this prayer, everything's going to be good. Nothing else to worry about. Anybody hear that? I heard that all the time when I was a kid. But then I read a scripture like this, and Jesus wants us to really think about counting the cost, about what it is to be a disciple, because it's a big deal, right? It could affect our reputation. It might at times affect our income, our friends, our family, It could even affect where we live when we're disciples of Jesus, where we serve, who we hang out with. This discipleship stuff is a really big deal. So this is our lectionary passage today. If you don't know, I always preach from the lectionary. So this is what we were given this week is Luke 14, 25 through 33. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. It says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Turning to them, he said, Whoever comes to me and doesn't hate father and mother, spouse and children, and brothers and sisters, yes, even one's own life, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. If one of you wanted to build a tower, wouldn't you first sit down and calculate the cost to determine uh, whether you had enough money to complete it? Otherwise, when you have laid the foundation but couldn't finish the tower, all who see it would begin to belittle you. They will say, here's the person who began construction and couldn't complete it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down to consider whether his 10,000 soldiers could go up against the 20,000 coming against him? And if he didn't think he could win, he would send a representative to discuss the terms of peace while his enemy was still a long way off. In the same way, None of you are unwilling to give up all of your possessions, can be my disciple. That is really harsh, isn't it? When I read that scripture, it's, it's harsh. Um, did Jesus just tell the people following him to hate their families? Uh, when you read that, you have to ask yourself, doesn't that go against everything we've ever been taught in church and just in society in general, that we're supposed to love our families? I mean, Jesus... We, we've been told in scriptures we're supposed to love our families, love our spouse, love our children, and, and we've even been told to love our enemies. So what does all this mean? I know if I read this scripture in youth group, right, they would say, you see, Jesus said I was allowed to hate my sibling. That's what they would say, but that's not exactly what we think it means. We're supposed to love our families. We know that, um, but what, what is Jesus? Why is he saying it this way? And then he even says that we're supposed to hate our own life. And then it goes into saying we should carry a cross. Isn't that the the thing that a criminal would have? Um, Somebody, a thief would have a, a cross. I bet some in the crowd asked themselves that day, what have I gotten myself into? This following Jesus stuff is way too serious. And what led to Jesus saying all of this in this harsh way? First of all, like I have to clarify, I, anytime I've ever heard somebody explain this scripture, they've said, most important, above all else, Jesus is saying, be my disciple. Following Jesus comes first, everything else is second in comparison. But I still wanted to know why Jesus sounded so harsh, so I rent, went and read above that scripture, what came before it, what led to Jesus saying this. The beginning of chapter 14, Jesus was having dinner with the Pharisees. While he was with the Pharisees eating dinner, there was a man who had abdominal swelling. But guess what? It was the Sabbath. It was the Sabbath. What do you think Jesus did on the Sabbath with the man with abdominal swelling? He healed him. Jesus once again broke the rules. And it wasn't the first time that Jesus did something like this. So the religious folks, they may have been disappointed. Um, Some of those uh, leaders, they may have not liked that Jesus did that. See, counting the cost, sometimes when we're followers of Jesus, we may be put in situations where we frustrate religious leaders or we upset those in authority. Counting the cost, you might be led to do something that might be considered a little controversial. See, Jesus would get these questions a lot. You helped who? You helped that person on that day? You had dinner with that person? You helped somebody you weren't supposed to. I know we've all had this situation where we've helped somebody on the street, and one of our friends or somebody else says, you know they're just going to buy drugs with that, don't you? Has anybody ever told you that? When you felt compelled to help somebody and somebody has told you that? You see, following Jesus sometimes will put us in spots where we upset those in authority. Later in Luke 14, uh, Jesus notices all the guests are running the best seat at the table, And Jesus gives a lesson on humility. You see this counting the cost stuff? It's a big deal because Jesus is saying to be a disciple, you have to be humble. When we follow Jesus, we serve with humility. We count the cost. It means we don't have to get the spotlight. We don't have to get all the praise. We don't have to be top dog. It's being humble. It's being humble. It's welcoming people. It's not having to have the best seat. When I read this part of the scripture, I was reminded of, St. Jenny, we'll call her, all right? And you'll know who I'm talking. I'm not talking about my wife either uh, when I say St. Jenny. I'm thinking uh, the best seat, and I think back to kids when they're riding in that school bus, right? They always want to have the most popular kids sitting by them. They want to they wanna move up in popularity. But I remember Jenny, what does she do when everybody's saying seat's taken? Forrest Gump comes and sits right next to her, does, doesn't he? And that's what I remember about that, that we are to be humble. We don't need the best seat at the table. Jesus then tells a parable about when you have an event, that you invite the poor, the lame, the crippled. See, this discipleship stuff is wild, isn't it? Jesus is wanting us to hang out with the forgotten, the left out. Are we we, we supposed to include people in our lives that don't look like us, who might be considered the outcast? And Jesus would say, yes, invite them to the party. The people that have been avoided by other people, Jesus says, bring them to the party. He tells a parable about it. So we ask ourselves, do we welcome into our life the people that have been left out? Who are we inviting to the party? Because Jesus says, invite those who haven't been invited. And then in the scripture we read, we talked about a tower being built, right? And they didn't count the cost on the building, so it didn't get completed. Have you ever started a home project and didn't finish it? I do it all the time, because um, maybe you ran out of time or you ran out of money, you just became lazy. And, and in that passage, Jesus is comparing that to going full out to be a disciple. Don't go halfway. Have you ever seen a half-painted house in your neighborhood or just anywhere driving around? I've seen a half-painted house, and I always ask that question. Did they just give up? Did they just run out of paint? Um, So we don't want to do that with our lives. When we're disciples, we want to go all in to discipleship. Because that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Because being a, a disciple, we may have to at times sacrifice our status. We might have to be willing to do the right thing, which at times might upset religious people or people in power. Sometimes people won't be fans of what we're doing. Let us heal people. Let us bring them food, care for others, even when it might be in question like they did with Jesus. I read an online devotional called D365, um, and it's more geared towards college kids and youth, um, but they follow the lectionary as well. And this is what they said about this scripture. They said everyone in that crowd that Jesus was talking to was distracted. There was religious leaders there. They were distracted because they're wanting to point out the things Jesus is doing wrong. There was people that were wanting to follow Jesus to move up in status. There were some there that were having family quarrels, and they wanted Jesus to help them settle an inheritance issue. So that's true in the story The people were distracted. But what about us? Are we distracted like that crowd? What distracts us from following Jesus, from being a disciple? Is it family? Is it status? Is it our possessions? What causes us to lose focus? Are we distracted today? Some wanted to focus on the fact that Jesus was healing on the Sabbath. Others, that Jesus was hanging out with the wrong crowd. And like I said, others just wanted to move up in status. But Jesus says, Follow me. What is holding us back today? Jesus asks, What is holding us back? What do we need to let go of? We even see at the, the end of this passage one of the most challenging scriptures. In the same way, none of you who are unwilling to give up your possessions can be my disciple. Are we supposed to take that literally and give away all our possessions? I don't know about you, but like I got here in a car and I slept in a house last night. So what does that mean? What does that mean to give up all our possessions? I would say there are some people that have taken that passage literally. I've heard about missionaries who literally give up everything to go serve the poorest of the poor. But what about us? Is our stuff holding us back? Is our stuff holding us back? If we're called to use it, will we use it? I'm reminded of our friend in Poland. I don't know if you know that this church has connected with another Methodist church in Poland who has been helping out uh, refugees from Ukraine who are fleeing war. And people in Poland by this church are taking in families. And when you take in a family that is escaping war, you don't know, they could be there a week, they could be there a year, they could be there a couple years. That's what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus when you say, I'm willing to open my house to these people needing help because God has called me to do it. Maybe being a disciple and allowing God to use our stuff Maybe sometimes that means that you have an awesome house and you want to call Catherine Barnes or me and say, I want the youth or kids to have a party at my house. I know, that's crazy, isn't it? Um, Or maybe you have this awesome kitchen and God is saying, use your stuff to cook for other people, to cook for your neighbor who's having a tough time. Maybe God is calling you to give away some of the items you have for the clothes closet or those in need. Maybe God is leading some of us to use our cars to deliver manna meals, right? What is it? Does our stuff hold us back from serving God, or are we going to use it to serve God? This is important stuff, being a disciple, counting the cost. Is it worth it? My favorite speaker is Tony Campolo. Uh, he was a teacher at Eastern University. And um, there was a story at this Christian college where, um, because he's radical and he, he will get kids and, and college students to serve in the, the poorest of the poor areas and live their lives in commitment and service to Jesus. But he had a parent once come to him and say, I sent my kid to this college because I wanted them to take Jesus seriously. But not that seriously. This has gone too far, right? It's gone too far. And that's what Jesus is calling us into. I don't know about you, but when I hear this passage, it can sound so intimidating. It can sound so harsh. But I'm reminded that being a disciple is an adventure and it's fun. It's not all pain and torment, it's a blessing, you see? Uh, Because I bet some of you, when you've gone into being a disciple, when you've done something outside of the box, you've been blessed whether it's helping with youth, you've been blessed, or maybe those times you came and served at the ladle of love. Maybe it's times that you served uh, with tornado relief. Maybe you adopted a child. Um, Whatever it is, when you've done something radical as a follower of Jesus, it's an adventure and it's a blessing when we count the cost and we do what God has called us to do. I challenge all of us as we prepare for communion to ask ourselves if we've counted the cost. And what that means to each of us personally. See, Jesus is above our family. Jesus is above our status, our job, our popularity. And Jesus wants us to love our family. We know that. But don't let our family, don't let our stuff hold us back from serving the way we're supposed to serve. All of our stuff, even our valuable stuff, our time, may we consider the cost and ask what Jesus would have us do. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray this morning that you will show each of us what you mean when you're calling us to be a disciple. I pray that you will show us the things that you want us to give up, those things that are blocking, uh, blocking us from following, those things that, that hold us back. God, I pray that you will help us to grow in discipleship. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Now I can tell you... Um, I think I'm going to try to go down this way. There's drums over there. Um, I can tell you that uh, I usually don't get it right as a disciple. Uh, You know, to think that I've counted the cost and go full in, I don't often get that right. But when we do get it right, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. When we truly follow Jesus with everything we have, it's a blessing. I'll ask you to um, turn in your hymnals or on the screen as we partake in communion. It's gonna be page 12 or up on the screens. Um, When we have communion in the United Methodist Church, everyone is welcome. Anyone who has a heart that is hungry for God is welcome. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church to partake in communion. Um, We also have a communion offering. If any offering is left on the altar, uh, the altar rail, that is used for benevolence. Susan over here can tell you all about benevolence if you ever have any questions. But I can tell you the economy is hard right now. And lately, one of our biggest concerns that people have, they'll say, I'm working. I'm working as hard as I can, but I'm struggling to pay for the gas in my car to get to work. That's been one of our big concerns. So if you feel led to do that, you can. Let's prepare our hearts. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore... Let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart, not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to the disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And if Parker would come help me serve. And thank you all for doing communion liturgy with me. I know we don't always do that in the early service, so thank you. forward.
1: My strength is fake, the end draws me.
0: we leave here today may we count the cost Uh, we're not going to get it right all the time but may we count the cost and put everything uh, else as the distractions may we put jesus above all of that go in peace we have the best coffee out here too stop by and get some coffee